0: You are listening to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. In this study, we will break down the Bible from B.C. to A.D. chronologically while offering historical context and real-life application for today. This series is brought to you by the Breakthrough Media Network.
1: Hi, my name is Pastor Dave Engman, and this is my co-host Scott Brecky, and we want to welcome you to The Bible Breakthrough, and we want to thank you for joining us. Ultimately, as always, our goal is to lead you into a deeper,
2: more intimate relationship with Jesus. Yeah, so please look for our bonus video to this episode as we discuss various topics that come up because of the scripture we will be covering today. And also, uh, make sure you look for the show notes that will be linked in the description of this episode now in the last episode we
1: read genesis 6 1 through 22 and we learned about a world gone wrong and a new beginning for humanity starting with the flood the scripture that we're going to cover today is genesis 7 1 through 24 and we're going to learn about the flood that covered the earth the questions that you should be considering as you listen are What does this mean, and how can I apply what I'm learning to my life?
2: Yeah, so before we open up and read the Bible, let's pray. Mm. So Lord Jesus, I pray that when hearing this story, that our audience would hear not a story that just happened thousands of years ago, but it's still happening and relevant for today. I pray that they would understand that, and help us to portray and teach that in Jesus name amen
1: oh amen all right so let's open up the Bible and let's read the passage Genesis 7 1 through 24.
2: Scott would you read mm-hmm. as usual the flood covers the earth when everything was ready the Lord said to Noah go into the boat with all your family for among all from among all the people of the earth I can see that you alone are righteous. Take with you seven pairs, male and female, of each animal I have approved for eating and for sacrifice, and take one pair of each of the others. Also take seven pairs of every kind of bird. There must be a male and female in each pair to ensure that all life will survive on the earth after the flood. Seven days from now I will make the rains pour down on the earth, and it will rain for forty days and forty nights until i have wiped from the earth all the living things i have created so noah did everything as the lord commanded him noah was six hundred years old when the flood covered the earth he went on board the boat to escape the flood he and his wife and his sons and their wives with them were all the various kinds of animals those approved for eating and for sacrifice and those that were not, along with all the birds and the small animals that scurry along the ground. They entered the boat in pairs, male and female, just as God had commanded Noah. After seven days, the waters of the flood came and covered the earth. When Noah was 600 years old, on the seventeenth day of the second month, all the underground waters erupted from the earth, and the rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky. The rain continued to fall for forty days and forty nights. That very day Noah had gone into the boat with, all, with his wife and his sons, Shem, Ham and Jepheth, and their wives. With them in the boats were pairs of every kind of animal, domestic and wild, large and small, along with the birds of every kind. Two by two they, they came into the boat representing every living thing that breathes. A male and female of each kind entered, just as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord closed the door behind them. For forty days the floodwaters grew deeper, covering the ground and lifting the boat high above the earth. As the water rose higher and higher above the ground, the boat floated safely on the surface. Finally, the water covered even the highest mountains on the earth, rising more than 22 feet above the highest peaks. All the living things on earth died, birds, domestic animals, wild animals, small animals that scurried along the ground, and all the people. Everything that breathed and lived on dry land died. God wiped out every living thing on the earth, people, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and the birds of the sky, all were destroyed. The only people who survived were Noah and those with him in the boat. And the floodwaters covered the earth for 150 days. Hmm. All right. So, Pastor, what do we got for the
1: facts? Nothing but the facts. Um, God's gracious call to Noah to get into the boat along with all the animals, in preparation for this flood that's coming. Noah was obedient. Uh, He was 600 years old uh, when he and his family entered the boat, and they brought all these animals into the boat with them. God repeats this story or this account, uh, and in that God shows his tender care as he shuts them in. Then there's the coming of the flood, the causes of it, Uh, The result of it, the death of every living creature upon the earth, except those that were in the boat or in the ark. Mm -hmm. The continuance uh, of this uh, at full sea before it began to recede 150 days, the water um, was, was covering the entirety of the earth. So... Those are the facts as far as I know it. Uh, That's kind of what I get from this. Scott, let's identify and discuss some
2: of the main points. Yeah, so some of them that I see are God warns us about the consequence of our actions. Um, He also provides us for a way out. We see him uh, taking and saving Noah and his family and then the animals. Also, our our obedience to his uh, instruction is what saves us. And then God delivers on His promises. He said He was going to do this, and guess what? He did it. He always comes through. All so it's
1: right. good. So, what questions do we have? Do
2: you what questions come to mind? Um. Well, let's start with uh, you know what do you what do you see what do you observe from this with from this story?
1: Yeah, you know it's an interesting part of the story because we up until this point we have you know heard about what God's plans were. Uh, we recognized God's anger, um, which would be displayed by the pouring out of His wrath. But it's here that we actually see it unfold. And what just comes to mind is this: the brutality, really, of the consequences to wickedness and to sin. And so, Uh, We also, in the midst of that, see the beauty of God's saving grace uh, for humanity as he spared the one righteous man that was walking on the earth. And um, so, you know, those two things combined. I mean, the the idea that, you know, everything would have to be wiped out and um, the only one spared was the one who was righteous in his family, which really brings us from Adam, you know, All the way to Noah, Adam being the first man, Mm -hmm. Noah being, and and the first father, with Noah also being the the second father of humanity, if you think about it, because everything else is completely wiped out. So, why do you think, Scott, um, the destruction of every living thing was necessary?
2: Uh, I think it's just to... To um because that's God that's just God's character. I mean, he he sees that he's not gonna put up with this sin anymore, anymore, this corruption, and he's gonna wipe everything else that's not righteous. So that's the way he deals with sin. I mean, sin leads to death. So um that's that's what he was gonna do. He he's holy. Remember, God is holy, 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 right? So, um, he's not going to put up with with uh, that that continued sin. But I, I think the other quality is I'm seeing is he's he also he isn't he doesn't wipe everybody out. He always saves. He always you know that's always like an, it's like all right, this is what's going to happen. But I'm also going to save these people. I'm also going to save through through something. So. So why didn't God just start over? And wipe everybody out, including Noah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, because he was found righteous. I mean, that's what it says. He was found righteous. I mean, if he wasn't found righteous, he would have done that. But that's not what he did. He found Noah to be righteous, and we know that he was found righteous in uh, his obedience of hearing and listening and doing what God was telling him to do. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a question on you which I have I did not come up till right now and the question is why did God decide to do it this way why did God decide to do it saying to a, a man build an ark and then f- he's gonna flood the the whole the whole world like just think of like any way that God could have done this why is it that he does an ark and a great flood you know like why would he do it that way you know well, that's a great question.
1: Um, it, what, what I think about, for example, is um, what I see in other places of Scripture where God did amazing things. Let there be no doubt. Let there be no doubt who God is. Mm-hmm. Who could do what he predicted he was going to do but God? right? Golly, that's a big thought. God is displaying His power over His creation, doing something that only He could do. And remember, there's no rain at this time. Mm-hmm. That We know that there's water on the earth, for sure. Um, but it had never rained for, what, a thousand, two thousand, maybe three thousand years. We're not sure about the whole length of time. It's probably a couple thousand years mm-hmm. between Adam and Noah now. Never rained, So, here you got this one righteous guy building something that nobody truly understands why he would build something. Well, it's going to rain. Mm-hmm. Well, what's rain? What's going to come? And the earth's going to flood. And then the people would have been like totally caught off guard by that. And therefore, when it happened, would have recognized in that moment. But see, did it matter for them? When the rain came, mm-hmm. they were destroyed. It was too late. Huh? So, did it matter most to, to Noah and his family? I mean, here is here is guy. He's building, you know, this ark. hundred years. He's working on this big boat. You know, he's got his kids, and you know, his boys are growing. They're married. You know, and mm-hmm. and um, what must they have been thinking? Right, like, what are you doing, Dad? Honey, what are you doing out there? I'm working on the ark. <laughs> All right, so yeah, yeah. I, so I think I think just really to come back and answer that question, at least from my limited perspective, God did that because He could, mm-hmm. and nobody else could. could. It's kind of like Noah. It's kind of like Moses when he when God split the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was no doubt God did that. God does things like that to get everyone's attention. Now, we are the benefactors of this story long term. I mean, we're reading about it. We get to see what God predicted was going to happen. We get to see the anger that he had, the wrath that he was talking about pouring out. Then we get to see Noah's response to that and obedience. We also get to see God actually do it. And he did it. And we get to see the end result because we're on the other side here, right? Yeah. Uh, five, four, 5,000 years later, we're reading about it, but.
2: Do you think that, okay, so in verse four, it says that, that, you know, kind of Noah got this, that God told him like, hey, get on the ark seven days from now and make it, th- I'm going to th- make, th- make it rain. Do you think anybody else at that time had got that warning? Or do you think it was just Noah who got that warning? Like, get on it get on it now because in seven days from now it's going to start raining and everything's going to get wiped out. Yeah,
1: I I, um, I think God used Noah as his mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. You know, God, uh, Noah was preaching a message without having to necessarily even preach it with the idea of building that ark. Yeah. Because everybody that came by would have said, what are you doing? And he would have said, hey, it's going to rain. it's earth going to get flooded. You know, return to God. You know, go back to God and mm-hmm. save yourself. But, um, what was the question?
2: Oh, it was, it was just like, do you think that it was just that Noah had got that warning, did everybody else? And I think, I think you hit it on
1: the head. Like- uh, well, it, it, it comes back to the idea that, you know, what is righteousness? Why was Noah the one? God, we talked about this in previous episodes. Here's the thing. God looks into the heart of all men. And at this stage, God sees no one. Mm-hmm. No one righteous. In other words, at this stage, everyone had long forgot about God, and God all God saw was the wickedness in man. All He saw was the evil, every thought, mm-hmm. every intention at this stage, in the heart of every human being except Noah was evil. right? And here you got this guy who isn't. His name is Noah. So go back, let's ask, what is righteousness? What was it about Noah? That made him righteous.
2: I, I think without a doubt, it was him doing what God told him to do. Obedience. Obedience. Yep, for sure. So he heard. What is, what is obedience? It's it's listening, obedience, listening, and then doing. That's what I think obedience is. Like think of um, you know when you tell a dog, hey, come here. Well, it, you know, according to obedience, it comes to you. So. Um, If it doesn't come to you, what is that? It's obedience.
1: So obedience is doing what you are told. You you become submissive Mm -hmm. to the authority in this case. Um, Submissive, you surrender your rights for the rights of the one that's in control or in authority. Mm -hmm. You're compliant to that. So I agree with you. These are the things that made Noah... Um, righteous obedience the two you brought up one, the other one would be faith. Noah was known as a man yeah. of faith. He had complete and absolute confidence, complete and utter trust in what God was telling him would come to pass. It's like a child you know yeah and children tend to when they trust their parents a loving relationship, you know, and, and I know you, you, you. we all we all know the rebellious nature of man and children too. But um, but children tend to um, have a place a great deal of faith in their parents.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: why? Because they they trust him without question. Too. Right? <laughs> they trust they trust the parents. Yeah. They they know the parents love them. And see, I think that's the deal with Noah. Noah didn't forget God. Noah communicated with God. Noah continued to place his faith in the th- and, and obviously and evidently mm-hmm. in the idea that God said there's going to be a great flood coming build an ark and and noah didn't question him mm-hmm. he just went to work building the ark and it took a long time a long time to build and roughly the ark.
2: they say about 75 to 100 years to build this ark. Mm-hmm. And and the shocking part to me is when God tells him go wait in it for seven days. I'd be like sitting in that that ark, being mm-hmm. like, "What? You said seven? Okay, I'm in here. When's it gonna start?" I'd get so impatient. I just I just would. You know, I'm thinking about even little projects that I've worked on and then waiting for something to happen after that. Oh, I would get antsy. So. Well,
1: look, we'll dive into that because I think that's a big part of this story that we're not really going to dive into in this episode. We'll dive into that a lot more in the in the bonus yeah. episode that we're going to do with Liz Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move into application because I think I think you know one of the things that we want to make sure we do is is we want to be sensitive to application opportunities because again, as we say often what good is knowing about something if you don't do something about it yep so what do you recognize in this short text this story what 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 do you recognize here as application principles or opportunities
2: this is a this is i'm just going to read what i put down because i just thought it was so impactful there's no guarantee for tomorrow there isn't there's no guarantee that we're going to make it even it says that God holds our next breath. Yeah. So there's no guarantee for tomorrow. There's no second chances in, in this life. After you've after you've left this earth, it's not like you can come back and redo it again. Mm. And then the other one was is, you know, Jesus is still available today. Still being saved is still a bit available today. So get on board. Don't wait mm. because you're not guaranteed and there's still time. So just like in this this time of Noah, once the door shut. It's not reopening. Right. It's not reopening. It's not coming back open. So the door is open right now with Christ. So get on board and don't yeah. wait because you're not guaranteed. So, so I, I think that's great. I think I'd add
1: to that since we know the serious nature here of sin and the consequences. It's displayed in this we're reading about it right now. This is the wrath or the anger mm-hmm. of God over wickedness and sin. Yep. Since we know how serious God feels about sin, the real application question, in my opinion, is what are we gonna, what are we, what are we doing that we know is wrong, and then what are we gonna do about it? Yep. So, let's turn that question over to our audience. What application principles or opportunities did you see or hear um, here in this
2: particular? Uh, text that we read how are they going to know though that's what i want to know like say they're kind of like i mean are they going to be like a will a conviction come on them to know what they're doing is is wrong like are you going to feel that are you going to hear an audible voice like what's going to make that so they can recognize that in their life because sometimes it's it's hard to see those things that
1: you right.
2: need change well okay
1: so i think i think that's a, a great point honestly mm-hmm. so how Here's the, here's my response to that. How do you know the do? You, how do you know the difference between right and wrong? Mm. Like, do you know when you're doing something wrong? Yeah, generally. Yeah.
2: Where did that come from? Well, I mean, it came from just my my reasoning. I think sometimes, of reasoning it, it out. I I sometimes when I do something wrong, then I'll feel something after. Like, oh, I shouldn't have maybe done that or said something like that. So convictions come. Is it a taught thing? Were you taught the difference between
1: right and wrong? Well, uh, as a parent, yeah. So as a parent, you
2: teach your children the difference between right and wrong. Yeah, don't touch the hot stove. That's going to burn you. Oh, you did it. Well, you got burned. Don't do that again. Yeah. So, yeah. So I
1: think, I think the Lord puts within our heart the idea that we know the difference between right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And it combines mm-hmm. that, combining that with our parents' role of raising or rearing our children and teaching us and and, and, and encouraging us uh, to continue down the path of right and wrong. And I think we all know, as adults at least, we know what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't we? Yeah, I think we do in our heart of hearts. Yep. And so the question then is, is it? What are you doing if you're doing something that's, what are you, you know, if you're doing something that you know is wrong? What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. That's the application. Yep. It's the idea God said, you know, I, my desire is that all would come to the knowledge, the saving grace of Jesus Christ and repent, right? By repenting, we're turning away. We're really literally, we're really literally doing uh, the opposite. Of what we know is wrong, we're turning and running from it, and doing what is right. You know, so turn so, and run. <laughs> exactly. Now, look, <laughs> if, if, if you guys that are listening and gals or watching, um, if you're wrestling with this, trust me, you are not alone. We all wrestle with this stuff, and it's um, it's just a part of the process. So yeah. um, it's okay. Hang in there. Keep coming back. Mm -hmm. really keep coming back and joining us
2: yep and again just a reminder to check out the bonus video that will include our special guest liz miller the production manager of the bible breakthrough where we where we will dive deeper into some of the main points from this episode
1: thank you for uh, being a part of this scott yeah appreciate you i love doing this together with you we thank you our listening audience as well for taking the time to to tune in we Um, Look forward to meeting together again with you in our next episode, Episode 9, as we discuss the uh, receding floodwaters. In our ongoing study of the greatest story ever told, we're in the first era of beginnings. Mm -hmm. Thank you and God bless. God bless.
0: Thank you for tuning in to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecke. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and will join us again for more of the Bible from B.C. to A.D. We are a volunteer-driven ministry and rely on you to help us get the word out to the world. Please like this podcast on Facebook, share it to your page, and continue to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. This has been a broadcast of the Breakthrough Media Network.